Welcome to the podcast, Nothing is Anything, where we're talking about nothing, but also kind of anything, which means we're sort of talking about everything. I, today, am your host, the Variant Human. I have finally disposed of DJ Cereal Sauce, and we shall be continuing on. Any questions? Too bad. I'll have you guys all know that Variant is experiencing uh, one of the biggest power fantasies he's had in his life. That is a lie. um, Be prepared for... I'm not going to say greatness, because that would be a lie. It'll be randomly <laughs> muted throughout the video. <laughs> this is a dictatorship, not a <laughs> democracy. Yeah, no, we didn't get a choice in this. Talking, please understand, it was not by choice. <laughs> Silence! Anyway. No, I, I, all I can do is mute you guys on my end. This is no more powerful than I've ever been. Anyways. Uh, perfect. Hmm. So we can still frame you. <laughs> frame me for what? You gonna frame you no, for please, muting Barry, us? Don't mute me. I don't. <laughs> no, sir, don't mute me, please. I'm mm. begging you. I need the ability to talk. It's good for me farming. I don't know why I turned British. Why do you need to be farming? Why do you need speech to farm? You gotta yell at the sheep. Come on. Yeah, you gotta yell at the sheep and yell at my dogs. You have produced. Verbally abused the chickens, obviously. <laughs> I like that one. You know what? The chickens deserve it. The chickens it deserve makes it. It's more tender meat. Yeah, right after you dropkick the rooster for going through your ankles. <laughs> I have personal experience with this. Did you A right cock, that one. Not allowed. You can't drop the rooster. Yes, if they go for the ankles, you dropkick them because it doesn't hurt them that much, and then they'll know who's boss. That much? <laughs> you gotta put the fear of God in them. Exactly. God being you. By kicking the shit out of them. Say, only chickens are exactly God-fearing creatures. I'm not gonna How hard no, no. Chicken. <laughs> he hit a wall. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> He you know, really if you or a loved one has been impacted by this massive chicken kicking spree, please <laughs> contact our services. You may be entitled to financial compensation. Um, also, uh, Variant, as host, you now have to get us off tangents. Because we will not okay. get ourselves off tangents. This God is the only damn it. time we're ever going to get ourselves off tangents because I remember that we probably shouldn't be talking about chop kicking chickens. That's no, we we had we had it about five minutes dedicated to random bullshit. So okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> However, oh, now I'm that sure it seems we're less, now that it seems that our tangent of fantasizing about kicking cocks has uh, more or less finished up. What what so But try trying to get on track. T- today's gonna be more of a nerd shit episode talking specifically about RPGs, fantasy. Uh, an RPG, sadly, not a rocket-propelled grenade, Ooh, a role-playing game. Can talk about. No. Oh. God. <laughs> well, yeah. I, <laughs> I suppose I suppose we could. I the the first question I had for y'all was, what kind of fantasy is your personal favorites, so to speak? Stuff. 
God. St- <laughs> I I walked yeah, right into that. that like I did. <laughs> I knew I was I was I was hoping it wouldn't happen, but I kind of knew it was going to occur. So Peter, what what makes erotic fantasy your favorite genre? <laughs> um honestly, the reason oh well um no, it's just appealing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You can kind of do anything you want with it, uh, as long as you know it's not too crazy. Uh huh. Boundaries. <laughs> exactly. Boundaries. Boundaries. And you can include other people too. It doesn't just have to be you. Uh, it makes me think like when with a significant other, would they ask to role play? That I, I feel like I get a distinctly different impression than most. Like when I come in with the wizard hat, they seem confused. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting, actually. Wizard, wizard sex. No, God! <laughs> Damn it! Hey, man, you can't bring things up in a horny man. <laughs> just take them as a horny. That wasn't horny. That was distinctly not horny. That was the distinct. That was the distinct implication. Imagine if like the wizard could like force force something. You know, like like use the force or something like that. Like that's just Jedi shit. But you know, I. Me walking in with a wizard hat on my on my dick, and then I that'd say, be, "Hey, you want to see lovely. me something?" I would love and then that. The hat <laughs> I would love that. Half inches. I would love that. That'd be sick. That'd be fucking. That'd be like a magic trick, like a legitimate magic trick. That'd Pain. <laughs> but I'm not wrong. Anyways, does anyone want to give an actual answer, or...? Um, uh, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what are you, like, what's your favorite one? What's your favorite kind of fantasy? And I already said sexuals, so you can't, you can't copy them. <laughs> I, don't worry, I was not going to say that. Um, <laughs> um, I really like high fantasy stuff, and um, I don't know if this counts, but steampunk just like that kind of combination between like fantasy elements but also technological elements especially Mm -hmm. with like clockwork and stuff it's good shit i see i see i just really like artificers (laughs) of course it actually comes from (laughs) yeah (laughs) and what about you dakota what kind of fantasy do you typically? What kind of fantasy genre do you typically find yourself enjoying the most, um, and why? I think if I had to choose, when it comes to playing games and like watching stuff, it has to be a form of dark fantasy, not like crazy, crazy dark where everything is miserable, but just dark enough where you, when you're playing and when you're watching, you. It's uncertain if everyone's gonna like make it through. There's the possibilities for some stuff that's like truly, I guess, terrible. But at the same time, to me, it adds to like the oh shit aspect, which is what I think I like the most about it. Is when I, because if you're watching something or playing a game where you know everyone lives and everyone's gonna be okay and you can save everyone, it seems almost too predictable. But in dark fantasy, you know people are gonna die. The characters that you attach may die. <laughs> And then all of that makes it, all that to me makes it way more enjoyable because it's like I can't take the characters for granted. I can't, 
be like, oh, they'll be fine. It, it, get, it gets me genuinely invested in the content when I know that not everything is going to be okay. I see, I see. I do really like fantasy. Uh, in, in horror contexts, I really like uh, urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. because it allows you to have those fantastical elements and like the elements of magic while it's rooted in something familiar um and so you can play with different elements a lot better and um it works really well for horror because you can have these terrifying magical or otherworldly creatures mixed with the mundane and it makes it really effective that makes sense it's more just Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was about to say, uh, did you ever play Monster of the Week then? No, um, a... but one of my favorite podcasts is Urban Fantasy, technically. Nice. Uh, Monster of the Week is this, it's an urban fantasy kind of one. It's oh, really nice. cool. So if you ever get interested in that, please tell me because I would love to either DM or play that. Oh my god, I would love to do that. I have, I also recently bought both uh, of the, like, main manuals for Call of Cthulhu, which is oh, yeah. also very, like, urban fantasy kind of thing, except it's a lot more based in horror tropes and horror elements, specifically Lovecraftian horror. And even though Lovecraft was a piece of shit, the mythos he crafted was really interesting, so. I just want to say right now, you paused right after based. <laughs> I nearly just thought, you're like, yeah. That's pretty based. <laughs> <laughs> like, that pause was so perfect for a second there. I was like, oh, wow. That's poggers, <laughs> bro. That's a firm set opinion. <laughs> I have been told I pause often when I speak. That's okay, because apparently it's based. <laughs> based. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I, I, I do find the urban fantasy and urban horror pretty interesting because it's messing so closely between just the real mundane reality and mm -hmm. then there's just sometimes this overwhelming eldritch horror behind certain things which can be really fun yes very fun <laughs> for me personally i would have to say low fantasy tends to be my overall favorite form uh probably just because it makes magic feel special or powerful when it occurs even if it's a minor thing <clears throat> it's not it is just rare enough that there can be more superstition and fear kind of surrounding it enough mystique to grant it that value but then it also focuses more on, like, the interpersonal turmoil of the characters and, in a lot of cases, just how they're overcoming the world itself. Not necessarily what wacky thing of the week this, this week's new magical hijinks is going to produce, I guess. <coughs> Do I do agree with you on some level, but I do love me some magical hijinks. I mean, yes. Um, <laughs> I also really like, um, in, in at least a D&D &D setting, I really love the flavor that magic items can bring. And in a lot of low magic, uh, low magic or low fantasy settings, magic items don't really get to 
be there that often and if they are there they're like super coveted and i think that there's a lot of shenaniganery and really fun stuff you can do with stuff like magic items Mm -hmm. that you can't do necessarily in a low magic setting that i very much enjoy because i mean who doesn't want to fuck around with a alchemy jug Come on. <laughs> we are not repeating the mayonnaise incident. We, we we are not repeating the mayonnaise incident. What, you're saying you don't want me to drop a sentient suit of armor th- through the floor because I took the floor into mayonnaise? Like, that's, that. that's one mayonnaise incident. There's too many well, mayonnaise-related incidents. That is exactly what the ring was designed for, was creative decisions in... in uh, in role-playing games, I fucking love magic items because of that. Mm-hmm. Just how how like it inspires thought. Mm-hmm. Sorry, oh my gosh. On my my favorite, my favorite mag, one of my favorite magic items ever is the immovable rod, because there's so oh, much creative God. shit you can do with it, and it's so fun. Give me a strength check to see how many pull-ups you can do. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, like trap a prisoner under it, or click it while you're inside a dragon and just rip its guts asunder. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I, I like magic items almost for the inverse reason. Well, I guess we were both talking, you were talking about how it's like they're more coveted in low fantasy settings. But when it comes to magic items, I like it when they are like just legendary and like incredibly important when they show up i i've never been a fan of just you walk into a magic item store and there's magic items lining the walls and you can just pick out all these different things i even even just like excalibur right it was just described as a magic sword that never dulls and is unbreakable and it's one of the most legendary like magic weapons in our history. I, I, th- yeah. I think you're missing the most crucial part of Excalibur, that being he who wields the sh- sword shall rule the kingdom. Be I mean, I that's, that's true. That's famous. true. It, that's <laughs> it is connected to King Arthur, but when it when it comes to down to like its overall like mechanics, when it is just it does it never dulls. It's always durable, and I guess it kind of has the the Marvel Mjolnir clause of only the worthy may wield it, when real Mjolnir is just, no, this is so fucking heavy and dangerous that only a badass like Thor would be wielding this thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So, the question is, would you use the Throngler? Oh my god, the Throngler? <laughs> like, that? that's a bit dangerous. <laughs> I love that meme that's just like, you know, you it's never always worse when a magic item, it's always worse when a magic item has a really, really long name, like the holy sword which has slain the dragon Xeranathos. But the what's even more dragon. terrifying is a sword just called the Throngler. <laughs> you have no clue why it's called that. Hey, it's cut, so you're, you're gonna get throngled if you don't check it. <laughs> I feel like a good idea for it would be like an intimidation check. <laughs> like a really high intimidation check for that weapon whenever it's pulled out so that it's like always impossible to like not be intimidated by the throngler. throngler. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean the throngler? <laughs> what the fuck does that do? <laughs> what does that do? <laughs> it's like that other meme where it's like 
There's some uh, two boxers in the ring. Some dude goes, Kamehameha. And he goes, I'm out. I'm out. I don't actually think he could do it, but I'm not, I'm not about to fuck out. I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it. <laughs> I know he probably can't, but I'm not going to risk that shit. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I also like low fantasy, though. Um, I like low and dark fantasy. I think low fantasy kind of also brings into play the same thing. Like, a similar thing as Dark Fantasy does, where everything is more impactful because you can't just magic your way out of it. Oh no, my teammate just got stabbed 37 times in the chest. Guess I'll just revive him. <laughs> it's like, oh no, my yeah. teammate got stabbed 37 times in the chest. He's fucking dead. He's fucking dead! <laughs> He's fucking dead, mate! <laughs> fucking hell! So Holy I do kind shit. of that to a certain extent, but I think that even in a high fantasy world... Um, you can put limits on magic. Like, I've seen and heard of systems where magic is, like, it costs a lot. Like, not not just, like, resources, but, like, time, energy, and in some cases, it, like, actually costs, like, health and lifespan. Mm -hmm. And I think those, even a high fantasy setting, still make magic stand out and make it way more rare because every spell is so cost like accosting and terrifying because it's like blood magic mm -hmm. magic sense like my preferences in fantasy when it comes to tabletop rpgs are very much dependent on what kind of game i'm looking for because if i'm just looking for like a silly hanging out with my friends one game a week kind of thing i am more gonna want like high fantasy where i can just like mess around and the dm will let me play an artificer and that kind of <laughs> stuff um low fantasy is really interesting when you're looking for something a little bit more intense and the dm I, the people that i have met that prefer low fantasy would never let me play an artificer in their games and that makes me a bit sad and I get why, because artificers in D&D <coughs> 5e are just literally magic item machines, which does kind of, like, soften the blow of not having any magic items available in the world. Um, but I think it definitely... My preferences, especially in TTRPGs, is just what kind of game I'm looking mm. for. And so if I'm looking for something more intense, low fantasy is going to be a lot better for that because it's higher stakes. And um, I think <laughs> urban fantasy is also technically low fantasy as well because you're not as steeped in magic. Yeah, and a lot so of the time. you get a lot of those scarier elements. And in, game, in, and in systems like Call of Cthulhu, magic does definitely have a pretty hefty price. And so it, yeah. My preference is when it comes to high fantasy versus low fantasy, in specifically TTRPGs, depends almost entirely on what kind of experience I'm looking for. I, I can definitely see that. I there, there have definitely been times where I'm just looking for a casual, just kind of fuck around game. And high fantasy tends to work a bit better because it's just... I just go and I'm existing, enjoying things, and then I blow up some unsuspecting villain using kind of OP items. I get given a lot of random OP items. I don't know why. It's always a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Never trust a variant with OP items. <laughs> I, okay, I, I will die on this hill. 
5e is not balanced to have my magic items, and you can fight me over this. But, anyways, sorry. No, magic items do make it too easy, I agree with you. Magic <laughs> items make an already easy game easier. Because <laughs> um, if, if you're talking, like, the way that they do weapons and, and, and armor and stuff, yeah, it, it it's done badly. But I think there's a lot of items in 5e that, that are really interesting that don't make the game inherently harder or easier. They're just there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, there are the alchemy jug's a good example of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Immovable rod, um, the um, bag of tricks, those, like, they, they're kind of just there to be something extra and something exciting to add a bit more flavor. Um, and there's a difference between that and, like, a vorpal sword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh -huh, no more head. I do like a lot of the flavor items. I mean, in one of the in one of the campaigns I'm in now, I literally just have a cloak that can just change its design to any cloak that I want it to. And oh I'm my sure god, I like love stuff like a that. Very specific situation that would be helpful for, but most of the time is literally just labeled like I want to wear a purple cloak with a clasp in the front and red interior. And you know that's 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 how my character looks, and it doesn't help me, but it's cool. It makes me feel special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a homebrew item that my friend gave me in one of the campaigns that was, like, this big, like, flamboyant musketeer hat that um, you could change your outfit at will. Um, cool. It was so good. And I'm very much an aesthetics-based kind of player, and so I was very, very excited about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And th those do make more sense in the uh, the idea of a mid to high fantasy setting, which does check out why you like those more. I just like like the I fun think, ones. I like I anything, think, honestly, as long as I'm able to yeah. just, like, mm -hmm. participate and have a fun in it. Even in the dark fantasy ones, where it's just like the mm -hmm. super nitty gritty. I'm okay yeah, exactly. with that because those are those bring a different kind of entertainment. <laughs> I have no mm -hmm. preferred one. Because they all bring in something unique that is also just kind of fun. And also, it also depends on what DM you have. Because some DMs, they oh, lean exactly. towards more goofy shit. I lean towards more goofy shit because I like to try to be funny. So, <laughs> He's still trying. Being... Wow. <laughs> you know what? That's it. I'm saying it. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I just I like to try to be funny. So my my campaigns end up being more like you know, super high fantasy. We can do whatever the fuck you want to, just as long as you bring it by me first. I I've had players be like, hey, I want this. I want it to look like this. I'm like, all right, bet. Mm -hmm. How do you want it to look like that? I want to homebrew my own race. All right, bet. Let's get together. Let's make a fucking race. So I've had multiple campaigns where it just there's it's like. 80% homebrew and mm -hmm. like 5% D&D. Okay, Peter, you actually just brought up something that I actually... It's kind of segues into our next topic. And I personally wanted to talk about... You mentioned homebrewing your own race, right? Yeah. For just kind of the cosmetic purposes. <clears throat> and that's actually something I kind... I have seen as systems in multiple different settings, uh, multiple different games, 
going forward, the ability to make your own race using, like, buying different levels of attributes and so on in to make something, or you're just, oh, I want to play a skeleton version of a guy. It's like, okay, just use this, use, use the basic template, except you're just a skeleton. That's fine. Um, I, I think we've done that a couple of times in various one-shots and so on. Nope, I've only done it once. I swear you've done it more than... I. Nope, every time I've been shut down. What? No, I swear we've done it in one-shots. It shots. has only been in in smaller variants um, campaign. Only times. <laughs> smaller variants? I swear... You know, you've, you've no, never you've... let Peter do that. What? You've, yeah, you've never, never let, let it. Ha- you've let her, You've never even let in your it. even in your uh, goblin games. You wouldn't let him play a skeleton goblin. You, you didn't let him. He had to play a goblin. I think that was He's him looking for a sword to... possessed goblin. No, that one wasn't a skeleton. That was sword possessed. That was the main thing that made that introduced me to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But when it comes to when it comes to. Uh, Designing and playing custom races. 5e has recently come out with uh, something called the... Var- I think it's the Variant Origin, which I've, I've been attacked. No, custom lineage. Custom lineage. And I want a human fighter. That's my custom lineage. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I'm, I'm down with that. But custom lineage, it has to tie in with the way 5e's kind of been heading mechanics wise it is just a plus two to any stat so there's no plus minuses because we know 5e doesn't do minuses anymore Mm. it has a variable trait so either dark vision so for the uninitiated it could see in the dark wow uh (laughs) or one random skill proficiency and yeah, that's about it. But it just is humanoid and lets you look like basically whatever you want. I Jeff's- I personally do not like this. And I know that probably comes from like just me being a bit of a crunch gremlin. And it's not necessarily this overall thing as a whole. It's not this specific instance this just feels like the culmination of all the things I've been disliking with 5e and what it's becoming compared mm-hmm. to other systems. So it's so you don't like you, you dislike it because it's becoming more <laughs> of a just like a do whatever the fuck you want and less of a rule set. Like it's leading it's leaning away from like actually an, think, an actual rule set or I think it's taking away from the flavor. Yes, I think think a lot of people tend to think, especially when they first get in, oh, I'm going to make the strongest possible character. I'm going to do this. I'm going to max everything. And in reality, you're playing a role-playing game. Even if the end goal is to defeat the big bad, I think the main goal of the game is to have fun. And I know for some people, playing a power fantasy is exactly what they want. But I like having some sort of weakness. I like when a character can't do something. And, you know, if you're playing or if you have to build, if you want to make your character overcome something, like making, I don't know, a orc wizard who has to overcome a lack of intelligence, I think that goes to show a character development for one. And for two, 
it means that you're not min-maxing, you're having fun and you're playing something that's flavorful instead of overpowered. Because I think we all can, if we sat down and just looked at all the just flat numbers, we could all create some really strong characters that could just flow, especially in- In 5e, e, it's easy. I do it by accident. I legitimately do it by accident. Like, you guys, are, you, you guys have seen how I literally throw in my, in that one dungeon crawl, very, like, one-shot-esque type campaign I ran for a little bit. If there's super high-level enemies. I was throwing level, like, you know, estimated level two, three, fours at a bunch of level one players at, as, like, final bosses, and you guys would get out with more than half health. Would just tear through and, them. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that, you know, and I could especially <laughs> choose monsters that negate specific people in the group's, like, abilities. That would be fine if one person decided to min-max their character, but no one was min-maxing their character. It was just D&D 5e, and the roles were with you guys, and the roles were not with my monsters, and therefore, you know, four level ones killed one level four. Oh, I don't even remember what that thing was. It killed some something super level high, high level fucking it was, thing. It was a, it was the cat with like the, displacer beast. You, we killed the displacer beast. beast. I threw displacer beast at a bunch of level one people. It took us like two rounds, <laughs> right? Destroyed it. Like you <laughs> did so much damage to it. And I was like, I was actually bamboozled. And I will give you guys, like, I did make it a little bit weaker intentionally. Like, I think I gave it maybe 15, 20 less hit points. And I made it instead of, like, a strength plus five to roll, it was only, like, a plus three. Mm -hmm. But that still should not have made you guys kill it that fast. Like, its armor class I left exactly the same. Its attacks were, the damage was exactly the same. It was literally just its hit and its health were slightly nerfed, and you guys still absolutely bodied it. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to min-max in D&D &D to do well, which is why I think it's stupid. In 5e. Every... In 5e yeah, specifically. 5e specifically. Yeah. You don't have to min-max to do well, and people do it anyway, and it's... It... There's no point. I think... You're losing the flavor for nothing. Sorry. I think, honestly, the... The, the custom lineage thing, I don't think was coming from a lens of statistic balance. I think it was coming from a realm of trying to wash out a certain amount of quote-unquote fantasy racism because there's a lot of fantasy races that are very coded towards certain real-life races, and so adding inherent weaknesses to those races can be seen as a generalization, which is why the custom lineage is meant to be something that is put in there as a way of not generalizing a character just because they're part of a certain race. Um, like, saying that you're not going to be inherently less intelligent just because you're part of a certain race. I think that's the reason for it more than trying to balance things statistically because in 5e you can also purposefully give yourself weaknesses if you want to. If you want to, you can always give yourself like if you ask your DM, you can always give yourself a negative stat like a negative modifier if you're rolling for stats or or doing point by or stuff like that. You can always give yourself weaknesses um not only in stats but in personality for your characters and so i think that the the 
the concept behind doing the custom lineage thing and kind of ironing out a lot of those racial differences is less an issue of like trying to make stats balanced and trying to get rid of flavor it's more of being like just because you're part of a certain race doesn't mean you're going to be inherently different as more of a way to make sure that they're not being racist because a lot of D&D races to a certain extent are coded very similarly to a lot of real life races and so they're trying to combat that more from a PR standpoint than anything else I think I can see that to a degree, like and it's on there, it, it, it kind of is. I, I will also agree there. But when it comes to, like, looking at it from the whole, I, I do agree with Lark that it is not about the stats. <laughs> because, once again, I'm, I'm specifying I don't care necessarily about the stats, and it's not the fact that this custom lineage is in, it, in and of itself broken or anything, Right. The custom lineage could literally just be specced as a variant human. My my premier, like, race that I play, just yeah, because I like humans. It is literally just a, it is just a variant human, except you can choose to have dark vision. And also choose to be a large anthropomorphic cat, rat, yada yada, whatever, who cares. I can see the PR perspective of that, for sure, but... If you honestly tell me that a gnome is going to outstrength an orc, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to laugh at you. If you're going to tell me that this big goliath is somehow going to be sneakier than an elf or a gnome, I'm going to laugh at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the difference between the races in D&D and like races in humans is that we're all human, and they are objectively different species, not just races. Mm-hmm. They, they are completely different species with completely different lifespans, mm-hmm. completely different genetics. Yeah. Like, And also, like another example is that tieflings used to have a minus to charisma, and now they don't anymore. But Now it's a plus, a, which is weird to me. If you saw a but... literal demon walking towards you down the street, I'm pretty sure you'd be pretty, pretty intimidated mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, you know that Tiefling isn't just like oh they look demon like they are, they are actually descended yeah. from demons. <laughs> so I feel like that that cop out to a certain extent is like maybe when the original races came out, they were more focused around actually targeting and being racist, and now they're having to deal with those consequences. But at that point, that's a that's a company mistake they made. I, I don't think ago. they. I don't think they were ever really trying to be racist in it. I think there's definitely people out there who will use different D&D fantasy races to express their ideals and stuff onto things. But when you think about it, like, uh, when it comes to orcs, orcs are a very new concept. That mostly came off Tolkien. And to Tolkien, orcs were basically corrupted dead elves, in a sense. Uh, they were vile. They were created by evil and were inclined towards evil. And a lot of modern fantasy is admittedly, it stems from Tolkien. But then we also have the different, like, explorations of, you have orcs in Warhammer. Of course I'm going to bring up Warhammer. I fucking love that shit. Uh, They're fucking football hooligans. And I mean soccer for the Americans. Um, you you are American. I know, but I'm just 
like, you know what I mean. Don't Shut you, up. Don't you regularly make fun of British people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He does. In, in this one specific <laughs> instance. Four Union flag converse one fucking time. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not I'm not talking about a football in a British sense. I'm talking about it in a French or Spanish sense. It's still football there. Uh, I'm not talking about it in a British sense. No, of course not. Oh, no, we're ignoring the British, I see. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. It's just the U out of all of their words. It's the flavor, it's flavor. It's color. Exactly. Because you aren't a part of us. Cookie spishki. Shut But But getting back on it, Part of what makes, and part of the use of having, like, different fantasy races, in my mind, is that idea of they have those aspects to them. Dwarves are gruff and not necessarily the most sociable, but they are hearty as hell. Um, elves, elves are generally considered to be a little bit more fragile, a little bit more frail, but they're incredibly smart and dexterous. Very agile. Humans can be anything. And that's kind of respected, reflected in their stats. They just kind of show up at... The way... The number of times I've seen humans basically just described as fucking rats or cockroaches through so many different forms of media. Because we just set up in places where we don't belong. <laughs> and just like, yep, we live here now. This is great. <laughs> Wow, it's really cool here. Should I move? No, that's ridiculous. Why would I move? This is my land. <laughs> looking out, looking out in Montana, it is negative twenty degrees while sunny out. Who the fuck decided to live here? And <laughs> I really should do a love living my day to day life where tomorrow it could snow and the next day it could be ninety degrees. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I see part of that. To me. I just find it kind of a disappointing cop-out. Because in the past, we like for Pathfinder, which is a, a version of D&D 3.5, which is one of the most beloved editions of D&D, um, they have a custom race builder that uses basically points and attributes where you can go through and build things up and kind of develop a lore and idea of what that race is. But they do have positives and negatives to help accentuate the flavor baseline. To me, what this custom lineage is, is why aren't, why aren't you just playing a party full of humans at this point? What, are you really getting that much more flavor out of having one of your guys be a... I mean, I guess for the furries it's great, but... Like... <laughs> Outside of that, you leave me and my cat here, dog tail, fox stomached, fucking giraffe hook character alone. God damn it! Yes, fox, the fox hair on the stomach. Come on now, don't you? Oh, I thought you meant like I thought you meant like a biological like you have a fox stomach. No, 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 like the fur, like the fur. No, cat ears, dog tail, fox stomach, giraffe hooves. That's all I want. But can't you understand that variant? That's all I want in a game. I think. I. This is a different extreme, um, but I I really really enjoy drawing all of my characters, mm -hmm. which is actually, to be honest, 
the the way that I can draw my character and the aesthetics of the character often take precedence over whatever the race has to offer. Um, like if I want to play a character that is an elf, I'm not really worried about the stats that come with an elf. I'm worried about the aesthetics of it. And so I think honestly, like the reason people don't just play a party of humans if there's no stat flavor is because they want the visual flavor. A lot of people really, really like going all in on all of the aesthetics for their character as opposed to being super worried about how it fits into the world. I, I can see that. And I wasn't I wasn't even that worried about like fitting into the world or whatever. Clearly if they you can literally make a setting without any humans and just like, yeah, everyone's just their custom custom lineage nonsense. You could you could has anyone seen the show Centaur World? Yeah, I've watched the entire show. Custom God, not as bad as people make it out. It, it really isn't. I've not it's, seen it's it, but I've funny. been on the fence about watching it. I would recommend it's... you watch it. I think you would enjoy it. Um, okay. it's, a bit, it's a bit more difficult to watch than most shows, but it honestly has one of the best villains I've ever seen mm -hmm. in a cartoon show. Yes. <laughs> That's not a joke. Centaur um, World. It's, Centaur World. It looks... The trailer and the way it looks from the outside would probably put you off because it looks ridiculous. It's way better than it is. That is a party of all people who are custom lineage who just decided to be centaurs. That's what that is. They all have different aesthetics. They're messing around with different things. They all vaguely obey the same rules of the universe. However, like that's what that that's what custom lineage is in my mind. But mm -hmm. when we're talking about so sometimes aesthetic does take precedence over everything. Here's my question. This you? What? Yeah, question. This you? No. God damn. <laughs> Pain. Uh, That's one of the first images I saw when I looked it up. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah, I don't question it. Uh, so... God damn it, you completely derailed where I was going with this. My main question... My main question... Shut up. My main question has to do with... If aesthetic comes before everything, why, why do people keep limiting themselves to 5th edition? Why is that what they're anchoring well, I know. On? It's very basic and easy system to learn. It takes yeah, two seconds to actually learn. Yeah, I was gonna D&D 5e is like the perfect edition to do that because combat is so, in my opinion, irrelevant. I If I put combat in my campaigns, it's always for flavor and for story. I will never throw random fights in that don't add something to the story, whether it be, you know, showing you where you need to go next or showing off that this area of town is unsavory or showing that this forest is not to be trifled with. It's always for a reason, not because I'm actually trying to have a combat sequence because I just don't. I, I don't think D&D 5e combat is very good. It isn't. I think it's much better not. for roleplay. Mm -hmm. So I think that giving people that option is honestly not a bad choice because I think that D&D 5e is excellent for roleplay. It allows a lot of freedom and a lot of creativity while being easy to understand and being good for people who don't necessarily want to get into the you know grittiness of a lot of the other systems they can get into D&D 5e play a character that maybe they've thought about in their heads for a while escape from you know their driveling nine to five job mm -hmm. and have a good time i think honestly 5e was the perfect addition to do custom lineages in 
Um, if they're going to do it at all, 5th edition's the way to go. Because 5th edition already focuses so little on, like, a lot of the stuff that would be negatively affected by custom lineages. And so I think that the people that do have a problem with custom lineages... I'll, oftentimes the people who do usually have a problem with that already know about different systems. It's the people that don't know about anything other than 5e that are just fine with um, uh, fucking custom lineages because they're not really in it for a nitty-gritty gaming experience. They're in it for funny fantasy escapism. And the people who want a different experience that I have met before usually already play other systems. Interesting, interesting. So, the the way I was looking at it was because the way the way D and D is going, it feels almost to a degree like it is losing a bit of its identity in my mind by the route it's going down with this. And the main system I was thinking about for well, if you just wanted to play anything, why not look at GURPS? Because GURPS is uh, general RPGs, uh, general oh. universal RPG. I thought it's, supposed I, to, it's basically a rule set for any setting. Yeah. In any thing. I don't want to alarm you, but I think the name itself is probably what deters people. <laughs> if someone walked over and was like, "Hey, you want to play GURPS?" I'd be like. What? Get away from me. More <laughs> flashbacks. So. I, I, would imagine, yeah. I would imagine that it's a game involving some sort of flatulence, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's very poorly named, honestly. It really is. <laughs> that, that's fair. You could just say the whole thing out loud. Like, I, know it's an acronym. I know it's an acronym, but it's a very unfortunate <laughs> You can't tell if anything's an acronym or not if you don't have the periods between it. So, unfortunately, if you just say it out loud... <laughs> Uh, ba basically what it is, is like uh, Lark described, it is a universal rule set. It does mean it does have some cases where it can be a bit more dense in rules, but because the game master picks out the rules they're going to play with, it makes it easier, for, it can really reduce the load uh, that the players and so on are having to deal with. And you can all, you can all be playing completely different things spec for whatever setting, and just by, like, buying in some traits and points to be like, yeah, I want the ability to shapeshift. Cool, that's X. Uh, can I also get... Uh, could I potentially get some psychic mind control powers? Sure, that's Y. Yada yada. Um, and you can find all these different ways to play things. But then there's also just, like... I don't, I don't know. It gives you the ability to be that versatile in whatever you're trying to accomplish, but it doesn't take away from kind of the identity of 5e, or not 5e, Dungeons and Dragons as like the traditional fantasy. So I want, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Is the it- argue argument ahead. for playing a different system or playing a different edition could be weaponized on both sides because mm -hmm. if there if you're having a problem with 5e why why not just play an earlier edition if that's what you prefer um 
because I, so I think that it definitely the like why won't why wouldn't you just play a different system? Because they don't want to. Fair That's enough. it. It's it's that question could be asked of all sides of the argument, and most of it is just because it's easy to play five E, and it's a lot of what people know already, and it's if you're not looking too hard at stats or how things work it's super fun so it's it's mostly i think the way that i see this issue is more of just like if you have different preferences don't don't play the rules that you don't like mm -hmm. <laughs> that is ultimately what D, &D comes down to D, &D did each rule book has this thing where it's like hey this rule book's completely unnecessary. Do whatever the heck you want. Exactly. Which I find kind of funny, given the amount of forums of people arguing over rules in such an asinine capacity. But, no, you know. hilarious. And that's why my two favorite systems right now are the same system, technically. It's the Apocalypse World system. Because you can do whatever you can do whatever the fuck you want, and if you want to get like complicated with it, you can get complicated with it. But it's made to just be storytelling, and I think that's what Five E is leaning towards. I think Five E is starting to just lean towards collective storytelling, as opposed to a complicated RPG with lots of numbers. Fair enough. It's just it's trying to be a collective storytelling medium because that's what's become so popular in the media nowadays, is D&D is a collective storytelling medium. And so they're leaning, Wizards of the Coast is leaning towards that as their fan base leans towards it. Makes sense. Yeah. It is, it is kind of disappointing, though. At, at least to me. Fair enough. Because, like... I feel like it's, it is getting to the point where the ease of playing, like, 5e's whole marketing is ease of play, you don't have to really do uh, any, like, rules, capacities, anything like that, too badly. And oh, I okay. feel, well, I feel like it makes it so people want to try other systems less. And I feel like that's a shame. Go ahead, Peter. You you were uh, about to add something. I was about to add something. Is like I kind of agree with you on the fact of like once learning Pathfinder, which is unironically the first system I learned, um, is just honestly like once you learn it and understand it just a little bit, you can honestly just make more games in it and have it be super entertaining. Mm -hmm. Because once you like just learn a little bit of the system at minimum, right? It actually, you, it really opens up, like, what you can do. Yeah. really want to play Pathfinder. I mean, I, I'm having more time on my hands at the moment, so maybe I'll take a look into something like that. But, so, you know what? So long as y'all actually read the rule. I, I used to have this problem where this group I played with played 5e. I swear they didn't fucking touch the book once. I had every single one of their characters memorized to a T. Oh my gosh. As another player. Just through, like, 
the amount of times I had to look through the book to tell them what they could do. Because they yeah, didn't know. And I personally have veered away from groups like that going forward. Because that is not the experience I want anymore. I, I want to be able to sit down at a table and everyone at least knows what their character does. Be or, the babysitter for a bunch of people who don't care. Yeah. I uh, when, when I used to play Pathfinder, because I switched with that group from Pathfinder to 5e, hoping it would get better. Mm-hmm. It did not. So I came That's to the, the conclusion... That's the people, not the system, then. Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's the conclusion I came to. And it, it really kind of broke my heart. Because yeah, I did sucks. enjoy playing with some of them. There was, like, one or two that actually knew what was going on, and we'd actually talk about D&D and other things and how we wanted to play or where we might want to take our character and so on. And every person who I have talked with about playing D&D and playing Pathfinder, Pathfinder does come up eventually because it was a the it was the RPG I cut my teeth on. And I just really love how much information and stuff you can do with it. It can be a little information information dense. Especially for someone who was trying to learn it and then teach it to six other people who were not paying attention at all. That was definitely rough. I don't, yeah, I, 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 I got to go, guys. Okay. okay. Have fun. I love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> but um, when it came to just going through the rule set... Every person who I have talked to about it and have shown the rules, they just see that they can make actually whatever they want to play. Mm-hmm. The main One of the big arguments you guys were giving me earlier is like, you can play whatever you want in 5e. I have been able to play or execute a much wider range of characters and like ideas and concepts in a way that actually I actually was satisfied with. Like... They actually could do what I wanted them to instead of, oh, yeah, I want to play this. Uh, I want to play a character that's actually just a elementalist. But, oh, nope, I'm going to have to probably play a sorcery uh, or a dragon draconic sorcerer and just flavor it like I'm doing this and get some of the abilities that aren't going to line up instead of just, oh, I can actually just play fully whatever I want. I want to play a cleric who can call down the fury of the stars as fire itself and use it to also look into prophecy. Oh, cool, I can do that. 5e, I, I can give you a fireball. Would you like a fireball at these trying times? Just fireball. <laughs> Just fireball. So, I don't know. Does that hold true for what you think, Peter? Like, am I describing correctly here? Or I think it holds true for me. Fair enough. I I think I've shown you some lark, but I don't know how much we've actually talked about or looked at. Um, we have not really discussed much of Pathfinder like proper. Mm-hmm. We've discussed hypothetically like certain things that you could do, but we've never actually looked at like actual mechanics or like actual possibility it's more just been like 
vague hypotheticals. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we change that. Maybe I just put in the discord, just, Hey, I'm looking at potentially running a Pathfinder campaign. I have a pre-written campaign that we could run. So long as you're okay with boats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Yes. I'd love to play that game that yes. game again. It was very good, and then it just got worse because people... But you know, we, Yeah, we had a person who just doing? stopped is showing it pirates? up. It is pirates. Is it pirates? It is pirates. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so down. <laughs> Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. Uh, <laughs> I, I will definitely look through some of the stuff and have a discussion can... because... I'm going to see if I can find the books for less money. Oh, I can give you an entire... We'll, we'll we'll, we'll, no, no, we'll talk about this later. Upside to Pathfinder, all of its rules are online. Uh, oh, sick. Yeah, no. Wonderful. Pi Paizo is objectively a better company than Wizards of the Coast, and you cannot change my mind. I honestly don't have a problem with that. I do have a massive collection of Dungeons & Dragons books, though. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I have spent so much money on D&D books. Hold on. <laughs> Any flip exists where you can get literally a digital flip book. Of I know. I Honestly, when it comes to D&D books, I prefer, like, being able to flip through the pages mm -hmm. and, like, skip to certain sections really easy. I, I just prefer the feel of flipping through a physical book than looking on Wikipedia or an any flip. All right, it's time to print out the entirety of Pathfinder. Oh no! Oh my god! You're, you're going to have a hard time, especially <laughs> That's too many pages. Especially with okay, core core rulebook of Pathfinder is uh like 500 some pages. I have I have seen it before. Yes. I have looked at it in RPG stores. I Race my book. original phrases was, was so big, it dude. I, I have it. Yeah, it was on. so big. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. My original Dungeons and Dragons experience was actually 3.5, so I know bits and pieces it's pretty of much the system the same. that is similar to Pathfinder, and it's been a really long time since I've played 3.5. I still own the books, I think, though. They're not with me, but I have them, like, generally. I have the three core rule books for 3.5. Nice. Yeah, no, it, it was a fun system. It was just really much... hard to teach to friends when I was a beginner. Yeah, that's understandable. Pa Pathfinder is basically uh, just 3.5, but slightly smoothed over in a couple uh, places. So it's it's know. it's way easier to learn than I feel you would like. Some people would give it credit for. Okay, sounds good. I'm down to learn. Yeah. I have nothing to do for the next week because it's spring break, so I'm gonna. I'll get to spring break do that. early. Yeah. <laughs> Midterm in two days. <laughs> oh, sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. But uh, yeah, so I guess I guess that kind of wraps up our ideas on the whole. Is the game getting kind of? Made easier, made less thought, more just kind of whatever you want to do. A good, bad, a good or thing or a bad thing or just something that's interesting. I think we've classed it as something that's interesting, but probably good for 5e as a whole.
It's but, a case by case basis, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are definitely times where it's like, yeah, this is great, and then there's times where I just look at it and I'm like, I am made sad by this. <laughs> but that Fair is enough. fine. That is subjective. Okay. But subjective suffering. <laughs> yep. <laughs> However, as we are kind of closing up. There is a segment that I am obligated to perform. Come on, where is it? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It's, it's, it is time. Okay, so I'm not going to explain this to you at all. So he's going to say something, and then you and me are going to try and interpret it. And if we interpret it, we gotta just got to interpret it like kind of interesting. That's, that's it. We're going to try and make it make sense. Are we going mindful? Yeah, I'm going mindful mode. Okay. No, I refuse to be aware of my surroundings. Ah, it's making noises at me. Nope. Ex leave. Who cares? Generally. What you call Larkin in? If we all pull together, we can make global warming end. Okay, that's just actually being helpful. That's just a, that's just a yeah, that's just an actual. I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cycle I think, this. I don't think, I don't think one person or a collective can do that unless we overthrow all corporations. That's why we exactly. must pull together. Fair enough. Eat the rich. <laughs> okay. It looks to be an image of Freddie Mercury. Sleep can be cr a crazy hitchhike just for you. We are doing the Inspirobot. Inspirational. If, if, yeah, if Dakota was here, that would be perfect. Because <laughs> every single one of his dreams is a porn game. Oh, God. <laughs> Help. Let me out. I mean... Being in any dream is kind of like being dragged through a sitcom that makes no sense. You've seen Dakota's dreams? I've, seen. I've skimmed them. a couple of them. Exactly. Oh, God. You can't tell me that. <laughs> okay, I, I just saw one that's, like, upsetting me. Uh, it's a washed-out image of the Statue of Liberty. Looking for a job? Pay up. As someone who is now oh forklift boy. certified, this Capital. seems accurate. As someone who is going to college, this seems accurate. <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah, no, actually, exactly. I am very upset. I'm literally an art student. <laughs> Pain. Oh, God. This one just says, stay in bed. Insist. Agreed. Insist. <laughs> Insist. <laughs> Oh I'm not God. sis. Alright, 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 give me to the last one. Don't chase wanted one. criminals while they are at the loo.